Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. the sports complex on a friday on the show today we're gonna do some cowboys talk we'll get into a little astros and rangers and we'll tell you about the mariners because astros and rangers have to deal with the mariners we'll continue a conversation from hook em up with ian robbie this morning give you a little preview of college football it starts tomorrow everybody it starts tomorrow the waiting is over for college football it starts tomorrow i'm so excited get to watch some games tomorrow and a little preview of what to watch for tomorrow in the NFL preseason because that's not really there, but the NFL's not there, but we'll get to it. As always, I'm your host, Patrick Davis. You can follow me online at It's Patrick Davis. You can join the conversation, 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And join me today because we're going to take things loose on a Friday, have a good time rolling into the weekend the man you know from all the social media content and videos and all that that happens here on the Horn, Jacob Standard is here. Yeah, how you doing today, Patrick? I don't know if uh, everybody knows me from the social media videos, but I do have a pretty heavy hand in putting those together. You do have a heavy hand. We had a fun one yesterday with Ty uh, getting hurt. That was the best part, was the injury and then a couple clips where he took off running and everything in his pockets went flying. Yes, but it was uh, it was good. I. I was uh, always happy if you if you could have heard how cocky Ty was before the run, <laughs> it made the rest of it that much better. When we're walking out there, and he's like, "I don't know. I mean, I maybe I'll break five. Maybe I'll break. I don't know. Maybe I'll break five. I'm like, dude, if you break six, I'll be impressed. As we got closer, he he talked himself into five five. Yeah, but and then it got closer and closer, and so I, I think six four three is pretty accurate. What he ran it yeah. in. Um, I don't know that I could do any better. I know I couldn't. I'm fully aware we discussed it. This was that there was a point in my life, and I don't know, it was a long time ago because I know it was, I was downtown. That's how I know it was a long time ago. And I was leaving a club, and it was cold, and I'm, and I'm walking back to the club, and it starts to rain, and the rain picks up. And naturally, I just go to run back to my, the parking garage where my car is. And as I run, I get a few steps into it, and I immediately realize. That running is not a thing in my life anymore. At least not at that speed. No, well, no, just just running in general. <laughs> and it was running, and then it was, you know, I understood how women uh, feel running, and uh, I did not have my bro or man zero on me that day. Yeah. So, uh, so there was just an amount of jiggling that I was not comfortable with, <laughs> and uh, and it was just like, cool. I guess I just get wet from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> the rain. I just walk, and it also taught me how speed walking was invented. Because oh. speed walking is the least jiggly of the fast movements. Oh, you can keep everything nice and contained. That's, yeah, why, they, and that's j- why they pin their elbows. Yeah, because it's all about just not jiggling when you move. And you're, it's basically it was somebody who it started to rain, and then they were like, I got to get to my car as fast as possible. I know I look like an idiot, but this is the only <laughs> way to do it that is not terrible for me. <laughs> and so you just it's like and that's like how pickleball was was somebody was like well I like playing tennis but I also don't like moving and yeah. then they were like well here's pickleball and they're like well I'm pretty good at it so I'm gonna make it a sport that's all of these things are just somebody who doesn't want to do a sport faking it and then somebody who's way more athletic ruining it for everybody else by trying to make it a thing. So what's our unathletic sport that we're going to make millions off of? Because the pickleball guy is doing pretty good now, I would imagine. The pickleball guys, like, this is a th- we just need to make up, like, a horse game or something like that. Because like, I'll play horse in basketball because I don't want to move. Yeah. You know, like, getting rebounds, the worst part of horse. Right, yeah. We have to figure out something that the best athlete can't win. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you have to have the handicap. But I feel like the best tennis players could dominate at pickleball. I don't know, man. There's a lot of touch the, and skill to it. It's, you're uh, right. They don't have touch and skill. Well, it's you're right. Djokovic. It's a, Djokovic. No, no touch and skill there. The, the weight differential in the in the paddle. You know. No, no. I know it would take them time to learn it. Like they <laughs> wouldn't. They wouldn't be the best in the world at it day one. But I bet like day seven, 
they'd be they'd be a top five player. Yeah, I mean that's pretty accurate. I would imagine. <laughs> so yeah, we need to find a you like all these sports like speed walking. If Usain Bolt wanted to speed walk, he'd probably be pretty good at it. Yeah, I could see that. Although I don't think Usain Bolt's pretty worried about jiggling when he's moving. no, he's not. That's why he doesn't speed walk. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah, just to let you know, I so props to Ty for doing it. Oh yeah, that's he that's the, the important part. He is the yeah. one guy at the office who would do it. <laughs> I don't. I was not. Yeah, they asked. I said. I said my dog Lou. My, my dog Lou, the official mascot of the sports complex, because we, he was the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. Um, but now, because they other they had other dogs, they didn't want to make the other dog Harge's dog and Rod's sure, dog feel sure. bad. So this he is the dog of the sports complex. So there he is the go. official dog. There we go. Of the sports complex. I feel honored. Uh, I do want to get into some Cowboys talk with you, Jacob, because I know uh, you've multiple times come into the office now and told me I said something on this show that you are not thrilled with it. Yeah. You are, uh, you're not thrilled with my take or that uh, that uh, my take was too too believable? Is I believe what word you used? Yes. the uh, All of your comments about Mike McCarthy sounding <laughs> defeated before the season has started. That is, uh, I wasn't even considering that, and then I listened to it with that perspective in my ear. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. I also, I've also told you that my now, what I think of Mike McCarthy when he talks, because he's usually out of breath by question one, is I have Mike McCarthy is, you remember the hypnotist from the office space? The guy who yeah, dies. Yeah, yeah, right when, yeah. That's how Mike McCarthy sounds, and he's going to give a presser. He's, he may not be the coach because of that. What? <laughs> they may be, he had a medical event and is no longer the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I don't think that'll be the case. But Dak Prescott did speak to the media yesterday. Yes, uh, he did. And Dak Prescott, at least a better, like his pressers sound better than Mike McCarthy's. And for the most part, because Mike McCarthy, every once in a while you get something out of Mike McCarthy that he actually is admitting something or he'll say something well, that's interesting. Uh, but most of the time, Mike McCarthy is like, well, this is why we do it. Because we can, and then, you know what, it could work the other way. Like, his whole thing on why he doesn't play starters was basically like, well, I've had starters hurt, so we're not going to do that anymore. You're like, well, is that the only reason? So that rules it out forever? That's basically, (laughs) and he was like, well, if I didn't have, if I had younger players, I would do it. And you go, you do have some younger players. You definitely do. Like, CeeDee Lamb's not an old guy, and I get he's been on the team and starter for but and your running back has never been a starter in the NFL like at that level. That's a big one. And we he's coming off an injury, and, and Dak Prescott is coming off his worst year. You might want to give him some reps. All of these things, and you're pl- calling plays now. It would make me think that you might want to have some a few reps, just a few, just to try and get the kinks out before, before it airs. Because I know we run programs here on the radio station, and basically we will try everything in our power to make sure they will run smoothly when they happen. Yeah, you troubleshoot and, all the issues before they come up. And inevitably, something will come up and our board operator will come and call me and go, hey, by the way, <laughs> this spot that's supposed to be this is something else. <laughs> and you just assume that it was going to be right, but it's not. <laughs> and that's something of where that. And they go, well, I assumed uh, you weren't going to be mad at me for calling this audible. or I thought I could option into this play. And, uh, and I didn't realize until we saw this look that that's what I wanted to option into because I didn't think any – because our defense didn't op- – like. Yeah, there's certain scenarios that happen in a game that you can't recreate at practice. Yeah. And it's like you said, you made a comment the other day, you don't know what it's like to really try to get away from someone until someone's really chasing you. Yeah. And that's that's where Tony Pollard, I, I just... With, and Tony Pollard, too, preseason is not going to matter a ton because, in reality, the one question we really have for Tony Pollard is, can he handle the full, full workload? And you're not going to give him that in preseason anyway. Right. So you, the one major question is, it can he keep up an average... When you're running, when he is the main back, and especially if we're, I mean, we're also talking about pass pro with all those guys and rotating guys in and out of the lineup, and if there's going to be actual, like, do you have running backs? Is Rico Dollar Malik Davis when they come in the game, are they only there on pass plays and pass protection, and they know they're not going to run the ball and you run it maybe twice a game? Because that way the defense is gonna and you I know you can stay and they and do the Sark is very guilty of this, but a lot of coaches are. Of well, we're setting something up. We're setting something oh, up and you go, man. Yeah, but we also had we also punted the ball four times for you to set up a play that that may or may not work. Yeah, it scored us one touchdown. We went down four in the course of the setup. Yeah. So that that's a, and a lot of coaches do it, and I mean that's an exaggeration of four punts. But sure. yes, that that is a where you go, you gave up five or six plays to set up one play. 
that has a 30% success rate. Awesome. And if it works, it's great. And then sometimes you get to that play and you look at the defense and go, but get out of that play. <laughs> they, they knew what we were doing anyway. <laughs> yeah, all that setup we did, hey, they're on to it. Yeah, and I mean, a play like that where you say, well, we're not going to we're gonna put him in pass pro you know, 90% of the time and 10% will run him, and hopefully one of those he'll break. But if it's Rico Dallin, Lee Davis, is that break seven yards? Yeah, it might be. It might be, you know, 15 is a big day. So, so. I, I don't know. Uh, but we said Dak Prescott was talking to the media, and the question has kind of come up more, I think, is because it is getting to be the time of the year where there's not really a ton happening. Everybody's waiting for Tuesday for the cuts to maybe get some more material. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, this is also the time of year where we, you know when Stephen A. Smith is starting to get dis, like people are starting to call him out for lying multiple times in a week that we've really gotten to a very slow period. But one of the topics has been about the drought for the Cowboys and is this team going to be – and it's a consistent conversation for Cowboys fans. Unfortunately. Is this going to be the year? Here's Dak Prescott on does the conversation about the drought of winning, getting into the playoffs, getting to conference games, getting to Super Bowls, does that drought uh, – put extra pressure on this team do they have an extra pressure because of the drought and here's Dak Prescott's response uh I mean I think at the end of the day we've got to put the pressure um is what you put on yourselves and so I mean I think at the end of the day we got to understand that our standard is is win simple as that and uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard and high expectations and so um nobody wants to end this drought more than the guys in this locker room I can promise you that and so um, for us, it's about making sure that we, we know our identity. We believe in our identity as a team. We go out there, we play complimentary football on all three levels. And uh, I think if we do that, just from what we've built on, on um, the offseason to the training camp to now, um, it's promising. That's uh, Zach Prescott. You know, at the drive, we don't worry about that. You should. You, you should. should. Because it, it does, and I get, at a certain point, you have to step aside from everything. And all that matters is game week to week. Right. But if you want to sell me that you're really focused on we're going to win a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl or bust, this is what we need to do, and this is the the bar, this is the standard, you continue to hear them say the standard for Dallas Cowboys football, and you're like, well, so then you basically are telling us that the standard hasn't been met for 25 years. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I haven't seen a, a, a team even make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, I don't. I don't like the phrase the standard when you use it there. I get, the, I get you want to take it week by week, so – it's just this is where Dak starts to get more into his coach speak. I'm not going to say we're not we don't know about it. you should know about it. right because it's going to be the biggest conversation uh, in in football and in, in, at least in Dallas fans' eyes. The other conversation though is going to be that he threw too many picks last year, and he was asked about has he worked on with the play calling with everything going on forcing throws, forcing throws over the middle. Is he going to try? Is he worked on? not forcing throws and finding checkdowns and finding it because he wants to get in trouble. Here's Dak on him forcing throws. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes I just talk to talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know how much that's been. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, if anybody understands, I know it's um, Yeah, I mean, that's that just goes into this defense, to be honest with you. I don't know that something that's been heavily emphasized, but it's just – Go back and look at last year, and you look at some of the turnovers. You can say, "Yeah, you're forcing them there." You, you know, what I'm saying that was that was higher risk than reward. And in that sense, when you have a defense like this, um, it, it's just about you know understand they're going to get you the ball back. And so uh, just just stay within the play um, when that shot's called and that that look um, is is ideal for that. Yeah, take advantage of it. But if not, uh, just get through the progression. As I said, use my feet, check it down, um, live to play another play. And um, that, I think. That just goes in, in hand with his play calling and in that play calling purpose, as well as understanding uh, who I've got around me, just not only on the offense side, but as I said, the defense to, to get the ball back. That is, it, it's the play calling of Mike McCarthy, which is, I'm going to call a game very conservatively. And he should. And this is where Dak is going to have to step up and understand that sometimes you are going to have to force it and knowing when, when to. And knowing that you have the ability to, and you're hoping that adding a Brandon Cooks instead of basically having Jalen Tolbert that wasn't able to do it, and Michael Gallup who wasn't able to do it last year, you to add another receiver into that position, and you know you have Dalton Schultz that got hurt some last year. Hopefully Ferguson can step up in that role as well. But you are really looking for Dak to understand this play calling is going to be different because Kellen Moore wanted to go for it a lot, and. Mike McCarthy, from everything we've seen about what he's his game plan is, is to be extremely conservative in the Cowboys' offense. 
And that's great in one sense, but it's not if you're talking about having to pick up first downs when you're behind the chains because you ran up the middle twice with a pass protector. Right. Well, hopefully they're not trying to pick up long third downs too often. Hopefully not. Um, that's, I mean, and that's what Tony Pollard's got to do. Right. And he speaks about understanding the identity of this offense now. Well, what is the identity of this offense? We've been told it's going to be a run team, but we didn't add any kind of running backs or anything like that to the roster. So we're just relying on Tony Pollard in the quick game, I assume. That's and well, that's the point. Is you add Deuce Vaughn, so you technically did add a quarterback. So you drafted Deuce Vaughn, right? But I don't know how much Deuce Vaughn's gonna actually play uh, this third preseason game. We'll talk about that in a little bit of what to watch for in preseason. But this is a big game for him to show that week two is more the anomaly and not week one was the anomaly. Yeah. Uh, but I I think that there's a part for Dak Prescott. He's going to have to learn not that the play calling is going to bail him out anymore that he Ooh. needs to take charge and that the play calling bailed him out his rookie season. Last year, the play calling did not bail him out at all, and he threw into too many interceptions. But knowing if I if I do, if I I do just throw this way, I'm the check down king again. Yeah. And if I play this way, that's how guys play themselves out of the league when their passer ratings are okay and they're, you know, well, I, I completed 85% of my passes and we lost. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem is if he's going to be a check down king, because you're calling a very conservative offense and your guys may not be getting out of breaks or you're just not calling an inventive enough play style or, you know, I, I think that there's going to be more rub routes in this Mike McCarthy system to try and get some guys open, but that's one of the things you need a Jalen Tolbert to kind of work on is being able to pick those up without penalties. You know, this O-line, if they, they're holding together with, with super glue and, and gum and duct tape at this point, <laughs> That if anything happens to any one of these offensive linemen, we know how quick it can start to go downhill. Yeah, yeah. Spirals out of control quickly. I, I think there's a part where Dak Prescott has to find this season his own comfort level in the offense that he is not going to get bailed out by these play calls. Yeah, I would think that's fair to say. I would also note that 2018, when Mike was last calling plays in Green Bay, uh, Devontae Adams was the leading receiver on that team, obviously, but 46.3% of his receptions were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, 523 yards from those, 234 yards after the catch on that. Yeah. So what you were saying with the rub routes is exactly 100%. right. That's what Mike wants to do. He no, wants and to get the ball out quick and get people moving. Yeah, and he didn't call a ton of rub routes. and He just kind of ran plays that were they're close to it in Green Bay a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I think now when you look at analytics and how everything works, that's why when you have a Michael Gallup and a Jalen Tolbert and you have some other wide receivers that are going to draw a little bit more attention, right? that you're able to – those rub routes become a little bit easier. Yeah. But it is. It's all about yards after catch. And, and we know that C.D. Lamb can definitely do that. But that also falls into the small package. That I'm curious how much they run the small – which is now what I'm calling the, the Deuce Vaughn, Cavante Turpin oh, package. Oh, come on. It's a small come package. On. But how much they run that, that's one of the most fun packages that I could see coming out is if Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, Kevontae Turpin lined up at wide receiver. And if you want to talk about a yards after catch lineup, those two guys, if they if you let either one of them get into space, then they're easy 15 yards. Yeah, good luck. And if you if you really come up and get on top of them, then that ball's got to go deep over the top and someone else, and you get a CeeDee Lamb or a Brandon Cooks over the top, and Dak talked about throwing the ball deep to Brandon Cooks. Here's here's uh, Dak talking about his confidence in the deep ball. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just matchups. I mean, yeah, obviously I'm looking forward to it, being able to stretch the field, uh, having a guy like that who can take the top off. Um, but the last thing I can do is chase that. Uh, you know, I can't come back there knowing I've got him there and just, just look for that only and not, not underneath for what's there. And that, once again, that just goes into the whole the whole play call and what's the purpose in that play call. And as I said, if that's the ideal look, whether it's a matchup or whether the coverage – um, looks great for that. Yeah, I'm going to take advantage of it, and I'm going I'm to push the ball downfield. But uh, he's a guy that, I mean, just go back, look at his resume. He can stretch the field. He can beat a lot of guys one-on-one, and I think you'll see that. So he's got confidence throwing it deep to Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And so if you say you can run underneath in that small package and still keep out a CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks to deep ball it, and maybe or even a Gallup or somebody, just somebody that can can run that deep route. And if, they, if the safeties and everybody – starts to freak out about those two guys being able to get in space and get you 15, 20, or break it and go far. I, I just like it. I'm calling it a small package, and I know it's partly a wrestling term. Uh, it's a roll-up pin. It's called a small package. Oh, no. It's also just a hilarious uh, It's also a hilarious uh, joke about genitalia. So I like <laughs> it in two ways, but 
and they're short. They're both short guys. They that are is, both short. So I'm calling it the small package, but that I that is a lineup that I want to see at some point this season. I want to see if it works because it, that to me feels like the best schematic advantage that they really have with Dak Prescott because it makes it to you throw it to an open guy. Right. You either throw it to an open guy or you can take off and, and try and get six, seven yards because they're going to be focused on what either they're going to be open, the deep ball is going to be open, or you can run. Something has to be open because they can't, like, it, it, I don't know if you can keep Cavante Turpin and Deuce Vaughn ahead in front of you. Yeah, right. And Cooks. And Cooks. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's difficult. So that package, and you can't run it every play because eventually teams will start to figure it out, the risk-reward on it. and But I think that's a play that if they can stick that into some games, could really start to mess up and just start to fluctuate lineups. Uh, I'll play you one more clip real quick before we get to the uh, big fat poll of the day. Uh, but this is uh, just a fun clip uh, that he was asked at the end of the press conference because I talked bad about Dak. I'm going to say positive thing about Dak here. There we go. Uh, Dak Prescott was, was asked why he was not on the plane with Brandon Cooks in Seattle. Why were you not on the plane in Seattle? I did take the plane to Seattle. What you talking about? The Cooks plane. How did you turn the invitation down? It was pregame, um, and I wasn't able to have a drink before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In all honesty. (laughs) Dak Prescott. You know what? I couldn't do it drunk, so I don't want to get on a plane with Brandon Cooks. I like that decision-making. Yeah, man, I have a hard enough time getting on the planes when I'm spending my money to get on to them. No way I'm going up with a part-time pilot. Uh, we're going to get to Packers Big Bad Poll of the Day. Remember, you can join the conversation. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. Uh, I do like some text we've already got. Uh, here you have two fat to run. Zombies come to, come tomorrow. I'm going to have to f- turn and fight. I ain't getting away. I agree with you. I mean, it's fair. That is fair. It's fair. I also really wonder why there's never naked zombies in these movies. I figure somebody has to be like in the shower and when, then a zombie breaks when they in. they turn into a zombie? Yeah. It just it seems hilarious. It's the funniest zombie you could have because that is a double down of zombie where, because if it's just a normal naked guy's coming at you, it's <laughs> terrifying. But if he is also a zombie, you're like, is that zombie? Is he? Na- is he- <laughs> I, I, I don't know why no one has done this in a movie. Why is there so much jiggling? <laughs> so <laughs> much jiggling. Uh, I believe pickleball is a Ponzi scheme. I could believe it. I don't know how, but I could believe it is. Hey. Bijan's wrapped up in it now too, though. No way. Yeah, he. I think he bought into he bought into one of these of team? professional pickleball teams. Oh, are they going to build a facility here? No, I. Oh God, I hope not. Oh, I hope so. There was <laughs> supposed to be a curling facility. That was one of the things that got <laughs> real big. Better push that there, one through. First. There was a sign on Brody down by where I live, <laughs> Brody Lane, that was there forever, and I was so excited because I was like, "This is going to be the best drunk night." <laughs> is is curling, and it never got built. I think it's a bar now. Shockingly. Oh wow. Uh, in that area, uh, speed walking was made by someone who ate Taco Bell. Ooh, it's a fair guess. That is a fair guess. That is a fair guess. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Taco Bell and the rain. I will say, after I eat Taco Bell, I'm worried about jiggling too much when I'm walking too. <laughs> that is uh, so disenchanted with Dak, realizing we know I have no other option. Doesn't give me the excitement that I believe it should. Probably just my battered fan syndrome. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, that. I don't know. Cowboys fans like any of their quarterbacks. I. I I, I'm pretty sure if we had a text line and the internet and, and all that during Troy Aikman, there'd be tweets every time like, Aikman's career's over. Yeah, I mean, they did the same thing to Romo the entire time he was playing. So Dak's appreciation will come later. I'm one of those that's going to end up appreciating him later because I personally, I have my own feuds with Dak, but we'll get into that <laughs> another day. <laughs> another day. Uh, Zombieland had topless dancer zombies. No, no, because that's, that's a different conflict of interest. Because then you're wondering how close you can get to a zombie without getting bit. Naked man zombie coming at you, I don't care, even if you're into that side kind of thing, seems terrible. That does seem a little bit more terrifying. Because if, it, if a topless girl's coming at me in regular, it, you just be like, well, is it my birthday? And if a naked guy's coming at you, you're like, gotta go. <laughs> That's, that is finding anything that you can push people away with that's not your hand. <laughs> And Nate, wait, don't worry, Hogan is walking to Dallas. Nate has hope. He has hope that, that Aaron Hogan's got to walk to Dallas. Yeah, we might have to uh, put him in some kind of vehicle with wheels about halfway through. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving him credit to make it halfway, but 
just based on the way they were talking this morning, he's got a heel injury that might hamper that. But I'm hoping for <laughs> he him. has a heel injury, and the Cowboys have a coach injury. Oh come on! Oh sorry. Come on, Mike McCarthy's not going to win a Super Bowl. Are you crazy? No, it's going to be Dan Quinn. All right, I can go with Dan Quinn. Yeah, I can believe that. We'll go with that. Uh, it's time to get to the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. All right, big fat poll of the day. A bunch of new uh, documentaries have been coming out, like Swamp Kings. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I didn't get your interaction yesterday, so I wanted to do it today. Uh, with Swamp Kings, with uh, with the Johnny Manziel documentary, with the Jerry Jones 10-part documentary, 10 parts of Jerry Jones. That's a lot of Jerry Jones. And it's going to be all positive, like 95% positive. Well, he funded it, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to just be a, a 10 episodes of how great is Jerry Jones. And how bad is Jimmy And if Johnson. it doesn't end in like 98, then <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but... I was thinking, so we have these that are all there. They also, the Roku documentary came out today. I pulled a clip from it, but we didn't have time to play it, but we may play it later. Uh, the, the, uh, the draft documentary, the draft day documentary where they got unprecedented access, that came out on Roku today. Oh, that's right. So I'm going to watch that this weekend for sure. I don't like a lot of these things because they're silly. That one is showing actual things happening, so I'm going to check that one out for sure. Uh, but I want to ask, what Longhorn legend deserves a documentary? Oh. So he's talked about this yesterday. There's some easy ones. Earl Campbell, the legend of him, and then his his life afterwards. Yeah, you get a Ricky Williams. Oh, yeah. That story. And if you put a docu-series about that and everything he's had to and what he's achieved after the fact and his life after the fact, Vince Young talking about him coming up and then the story that came out that he was going to leave. Uh, he was going to leave after yeah, he was gonna go the to Holiday Houston. Bowl. He was yeah. gone. That All these things. And then the Jeff Fisher. Anytime I can have a – just one episode, just crapping all over Jeff Fisher, I'd be fine with. <laughs> and just and get people that are not even related to Vince Young that are just in the thing and be like, yeah, Jeff Fisher, what a terrible coach. Yeah. If we got that, that'd be fine. So I would love that. I would uh, – so those – and then like Colt McCoy somebody who's interesting, Kevin Durant someone who's interesting, but I don't know. It, the Colt McCoy one seems shorter, but it's all about that, it's, you know, first of all, did you know that he, him and Jordan Shipley were roommates? Yes, we did know that. Yes, <laughs> the, the the swimming across the, the right. lake thing, those right. stories that were in every game. That's that's the first twenty minutes already. <laughs> uh, but no, and then going to the national championship game, not being able to get it, not get the Heisman, just kind of the defeat, but then still being in the NFL to this day. I think there's something there. That's but a good I'm one. curious. So who, what a Longhorn legend do you would you want to? What who deserves the docu series the most? Which one would you go if I could green like this tomorrow? Which one would you do? Send us that in five one two three three seven three seven seven six five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You got one? You got to go, Sticky Icky Ricky. You got to see that story. Yeah. I feel like that one's been documented a little bit better. Yeah, but I want the untold version where it's all positive about Ricky. Yeah. Where- <laughs> Just- <laughs> the one like, dude, it was weed, guys. It was weed. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> Don't smoke weed, kids. It was vitamins. <laughs> it, was it was vitamins. vitamins. We're going to take a break. We're having a fun time here on a Friday. We want you to join the conversation, 512-337-3776. we get back, we'll talk a little bit uh, MLB, and then we'll play a clip from Ian Rob B this morning for a conversation we're going to have in the 6 o'clock hour about the Longhorns that I want to have with my man Jacob Standard. I want to have with you guys. We're going to get to that coming up right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, hornfm.com, and the Horn app. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Summer heat has burned my feet, been burning far too long. Thought that I was doing fine, oh, but I was wrong. People fighting, babies crying, all this for a reason. Change my clothes, I'm well aware. It's time for a change of season. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. It's a 512 Friday. Jamming some tunes you can go check out this weekend. This is Aaron Stevens, and he is playing tonight at the Oscar Blues Brewery. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, Aaron Stevens is a beast, an amazing guitar player, soulful. He's so good. So, yeah, I, I would tell you, if you want to go check out that show, he's at Oscar Blues Brewery. But just check out Aaron Stevens in general. He is really good. What time does that get started? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Not off the top of my head. Well, uh, I would assume not too late. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, probably, probably a little bit. 
you know, normally the breweries try and start around 7 to 9 right. because you want to get it, but you also want it to be a little bit cooler. Yeah. You know, if it could... You know, cool off a little bit. It's always nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not possible to be cool here in Texas right now, but as close to that as you can it get. cool off. It's yeah. cooler than the hottest of the hot is what I'm going for. Uh, we're back here. Myself, Patrick Davis, Jacob Standard joining me for a fun little Friday. Maybe having some more guests on Fridays and having Jacob in and everybody. And, you know, we want to get you ready for the weekend. We have a fun show on a Friday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, get you guys ready. It's all joy over it's here. Yeah. Joy. Good joy. Times. Yeah. And him, I love making him mad about the Cowboys, which is, it's more fun on a Friday than a Monday because Monday he's either going to be dejected or way too happy. Oh, don't do this to me after a Cowboys win during the regular yeah. season. I'm but by going Friday, to be... by Friday he will already be disappointed again. <laughs> I will be able to ruin it off. by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a little MLB update for everybody. Uh, I, the Astros had one of their worst losses in franchise history yesterday. You know it's bad when Martin Maldonado gets on the mound. He is he is in the lineup today. Uh, that game is about to start, actually. Uh, They're going to be playing the Tigers tonight. Fromber Valdez on the mound. But, yeah, they lose 17-1 to yesterday against the Red Sox. Uh, it's an, it's annoying because they're right there, and the Rangers have had a losing streak, and the Astros still just haven't been able to come over they and over and take them. They just can't do it. But, yeah, it, it's you're hoping that the offense is going to get going. Because the worst part about the 17-1 to run game is the one run. The 17 you get, you basically pulled your pitchers at a certain point. J.P. France had a really bad outing. You, Martin Maldonado gave it four runs. So it's not 17, really. You could have capped it off a little bit earlier. But the the one-run part is where it's disappointing because they weren't putting out their best pitchers either, and you're not able to get anything going. No, they had 36 total at-bats, 10 hits, three walks, and only one run to show for it. They just couldn't string multiple hits together in an inning. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, they're going to try and get it back on the road. They do have probably their best lineup going tonight. Jose Abreu is back from uh, from his stint on the uh, injured list. Uh, you're going to have Jordan, Kyle Tucker, and Chaz McCormick all out in the outfield. Yannier Diaz as the DH, Maldonado behind the plate. You may argue that a better lineup is having Jake Myers in the outfield, Jordan at DH, and Yannier catching. But for Fromber, I know they want to slow him down. He's one of the guys that we've seen with the Astros that we've seen the pitch clock start to affect later in the season as when they start to give it, give it away – they're just not able to calm down yeah, they, and start throwing a good game again, and they overcorrect. So they, they basically can't find the zone, and then everything's right down the middle and very hittable. And they've just it's been a process of normally you would have, you know, five or six years ago, you just come out and you talk to your guy and you calm him down and you had unlimited visits and you had all the time and you tell him take as long as you want between pitches. Yeah. You know, just kind of take your time and slow it down. And that is no longer the case. And some of the young pitching for the Astros is showing that that Framber Valdez can pitch a no hitter when things are going his way, and then uh, the games surrounding it not have great outings. What's the remedy? Do we just start checking first base five times in between pitches? No, because just... if you do that, they get a base. Because <laughs> you can only check uh, first base twice if you don't get them on the third one. It's the automatic steal. But because they've remedied that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's it's just you just constantly. I think. This is where, you know, you have to kind of look to new school things of how to reset people's mindset in between pitches. And, hey, look, I know you want to – it's going to make it different for you when you're feeling it. It may kind of take you out of feeling it where you're getting pumped up and really doing it. But you have to every single pitch go off and take that deep breath and erase your memory and go pitch the next one. It's easier said than done, clearly. But whatever you have to imagine, whatever you have to do to go, okay, Let's take it and let's calm down. In between batters especially, you know, really take that time and don't don't take that time to go, dang it, I walked him and this is – take that time and immediately just go, okay, we're done, all right, let's focus. Yeah, new batter. What's my new game batter. plan for this so, guy? Th- but yeah. that is something – It's Christian Javier is a problem for as well. Uh, Urquidy has been better with it, uh, but a lot of their young pitching has dealt with that this season. So it's just, it's just a learning curve and a process they're just going to have to get better with. Uh, the Rangers are on a seven-game losing streak. Thank God. Which you would not have expected. And he would have said, well, if they were, they're not in first place anymore. All that really happened was the Mariners caught up to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the Mariners <laughs> jumped on up. Uh, they're going to take Dane Dunning on the mound uh, against Texas. The game will not be on our airwaves tonight uh, because at 645, we will be going to Vandergriff High School football, uh, first game of the season. We'll be carrying that. So the Rangers will not be on our uh, airwaves tonight, but they will be. Uh, coming back on Saturday. Football is back. 
my high football school is football back. is back. We got games, and we got games tomorrow. And I got draft day thing to watch. It came out of Roku. Oh, it's gonna be a football weekend. I'm I, so excited. I think I got a football fantasy football draft. I think I got my first one on Sunday. Ooh. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I need to schedule mine. I just remembered that somebody texted me today and said, Are "We still doing that?" Yeah. Yeah, no, no one ever schedules it, and then you're jammed in the end. But we're going to talk fantasy football right before we get to uh, uh, high school football. But I do uh, – Mariners do start their series with the Royals. That should be a fun series to watch if you're just a fan. You have MLB Network. That is two young teams that, you know, the Royals are not playing as well as the Mariners are, but they do have a lot of good young talent, so anything can happen there. Yeah. All right, let's go over to a conversation that was on Hook'em Up this morning with Ian Robbie, and I want to get into this in six. I want to get into it with you guys, but I'm going to play their part first. So a piece of their part so we can kind of get the basis of what the discussion is, and then we will get into it, uh, about what is the most important game for the Longhorn football team this season. All right, time to uh, talk some Texas football. Instead of doing like a deep dive uh, into X's and O's, we got plenty of time for that, obviously, and we'll get into it. I want to piggyback on the conversation from yesterday about Brett Yarmark's comments yes. that got Longhorn fans all riled up, of course, where uh, he's talking to some fans in Lubbock, and then he makes a comment that Joey McGuire needs to uh, – he said, basically, repeat what he did last year and beat those Longhorns uh, on their farewell tour out of the Big 12. This is the question I have for Longhorn fans out there. Specs text line 512-337-3776. And not even Longhorn fans, just fans of uh, Hook Em Up. It, where, where does that tech game now, where is it among the most important matchups for Texas in this, this 2023 season? Like, is it in the top three? Yes. It is down in top three for you. Yes. Wow. Automatically. I think so. As far see? as on the schedule. See? Okay. So let me. Okay. Is it? It's obviously not Texas. Not Texas. Bama. Texas. Bama is. That's probably number one for everybody. Texas. Oh. Oh. Really? E. Not. That's not your top game. No. Not for me. I mean, okay. it's, it's the most anticipated Ty, is that game. Your top game? Yes. Yeah. I think that's my top game. I mean, I, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard Jerry Hamilton say big, that for well, for recruiting, he said you could win the Big Twelve or you could beat Bama. He said Bama beating Bama will be better for recruiting than winning the Big Twelve. Like, he said that's how big of a game it is. It's huge. Huge, but you got what? What game do you have bigger than Bama? K State here. I got K State as number two. K State uh, against I, Texas uh, on no, on November four. I got K State as number two. I, I I went back and forth between that and obviously Texas OU. You know, I think Texas is better than Oklahoma, but you know, it's a big. I think it's a bigger game for Oklahoma this year than it is for Texas. Strangely enough, um, but I'm with you. I got K State as my second. I think my second most important game of the season behind Bama. Because I think they are the defending Big well, 12 champion, and I think they are the second best team in the Big 12 behind Texas. Maybe I'm being too literal and practical no. because it's a non-conference game. Uh, Nick Saban's lost one non-conference game in 15 years at Alabama. One time. <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> I guess I'm just not expecting Especially them to win Tuscaloosa. the game. I'm not expecting, yeah. The, Texas, <laughs> Texas hasn't played a game in Alabama in 100 years. It, yes, it, for hype and for all the... That everyone, everyone that's going. Circumstance around it. I mean, I get it. I get why yeah. it's a huge game. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a classic matchup in college football. It's the first matchup against Alabama since the championship game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, same time, if you lose the game, oh yeah, you're, you're still, okay. Yeah, you still can win the conference. And I just, yeah. I look at it. You know, so you're looking at it too say, pragmatically. You're, yeah, <laughs> probably so. Yeah, because for me, every year the biggest game is Oklahoma. Every year. Uh, that Texas plays, the game in Dallas is the biggest game because it matters the most. And if you win that, then K-State becomes two. And then for me, yes, it's between Tech and Alabama. So but, you got Bama as three. Yeah. But again, wow. I'm, I'm probably I'm, – I'm not saying I'm right on that. I'm just yeah. – in my head. I'm like – I'm all, I'm anticipating the L, Rod. That's basically And if they is. win it, it's gravy. <laughs> if they win it, it's gravy. Um, no, it's good. No, your, your, your practicality and your rationality there game, makes perfect you're sense. you're right, it would be a huge... Yeah, you're talking about goals, the goals of the team, which are right. win the Big 12, number yes. one, and then after that, everything is gravy. We're talking about just after that, hey, if you win the Big 12, and then you're in the Cotswold playoff discussion, yes. that's great as a one-loss team, all that kind of stuff, uh, or a two-loss team, whatever it may be. So I, I understand that. Uh, Spec text line, uh, one text says Bama, Oklahoma, K-State, then Tech. Yeah. Um, blind Longhorn fan says either three or four for uh, him as Tech in terms of where they rank now in the priority list. Uh, yeah, and one texture says OU one, Bama two, TCU three. Wow, that he game said, scares me. Got to get way. that purple kryptonite off our back. Okay, Sonny Dykes has never lost to Texas as head coach. 
That's a that's a hell of a stat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and that's why kind of K State worries me a little bit because Chris Kleiman is a damn good coach, and he's he hadn't beaten Sark. He's been struggling versus, you know what I mean? Like Sark beat him in year one, even though they, they probably shouldn't have because they were a bad team, and then beat him last year at home, even though they won the Big 12. I think Chris Kleiman's got that. Well, I don't think. I know Chris Kleiman's got that game circled like, all right, I got to figure this Sark thing out. We got to beat Texas. So that's a big game for him. Big game. So I don't know. I got Tech. I got Tech right now at – I got him. I got Bama number one. I'll go – K-State 2, Oklahoma 3, and then I'll go Tech 4 for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll go Tech 4. I, I'll, I'll say that they're trash talk. It's, it's, gotten, them up, it's, it's gotten them up to number 4 now on, on my priority list of uh, the most important games for Texas next season. The, the reason the TCU, the, TCU game, the TCU game stands out because it's right after the K-State game, right? And it's it just gets you, you – if you beat Oklahoma and Dallas in uh, early October, you know, you got Baylor – you know, don't, don't sleep on the Baylor game September 23rd. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave Aranda, he had a good That's game plan initially right. last year. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they had Texas. They they mm-hmm. And that was a very good Baylor team. They ended up 6-7, and seven, yet come fourth quarter, that was a, a really tight game. Yep. Um, now, Texas is hoping they, they've extended, they, they've improved, and, and they're ready to go. But that Baylor game somewhat worries you. Same time, the TCU game right after the K-State game, because I think, I think K-State is the, the – the favorite, not named Texas, right? Yep. They won it last year. They bring everybody back and on their offense outside of Deuce Vaughn, including their quarterback. Uh, the K-State game is one you, you just got to circle. That That's a really, really big game in the Big 12. But the next week you're playing in Fort Worth, probably mm-hmm. at night. I'm assuming they'll try to get that to a night yeah. game. I don't know. Agreed. TV agreed will determine that. that. It's TCU how good they are. And Sonny Dykes has had Texas' number, whether he was at Cal or at TCU. And, and Gary Patterson had owned Texas before that. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll add to it because I, I think you make a good point there about the, the timing of where TCU is. More against you said right after K State. Yeah, right after. You guys know what I've described as the schematic kryptonite for Steve Sarkeesian turns Sark into Steven, like turning Superman into Clark Kent. That three high, three down defense. All three in a row. They all run it. K State, TCU, and Iowa State. <laughs> they all run it. Well, <laughs> right Sark, there at the end Sark of the season. Have a game plan for you that better by be now. ready for it. Yeah, because that that is the that is the schematic uh, nightmare stretch for Sark because they all run the defense that has given him the most headaches. It says mm-hmm. I rank the Tech game as number ten because <laughs> F them. That's why. <laughs> I get it. Listen, there is, but think about it, guys. There's so much animosity that is building here. We forget, and I, and I, I'm, uh, shout out to, uh, Brian Davis, who no longer works for the Statesman, but did, uh, works for the know, university now. Works for the university. Uh, Texas One Fund, is it to work with them? No, he works in the Capitol. He works in the Tower. Oh, he works in the Tower. Oh, he does communications for, for the, uh, the Tower. Oh, okay. Big time. Brian, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he, he always did a good job writing too. But remember that article he wrote a few years, a few years ago, maybe a couple of years ago, where he remarked that some of the officials from Tech were upset because they thought CDC had given them a a promise or some kind of agreed on a gentleman's agreement to play Tech once they left for the SEC. Do you remember this controversy? Um, how about here? It is in sep- This is I'm reading from the Austin American Statesman article. In September 2021, Texas Tech Athletics Director Kirby Hokut said he and Texas AD Chris Del Conte had discussed the idea of the Red Raiders and the Longhorns continuing to play in all sports, especially football, for 20 to 25 years after UT leaves the Big 12. Not only did they discuss it, Hokut said, but UT leadership affirmed they would work with Tech to make sure the football series played annually since 1960 would continue. A year later. Tech officials are anxious that there's been no movement on that front. Uh, they said they believe UT leaders have told Longhorn alumni groups that there are no plans to continue a series with Tech. Ho cuts, quote, as I've talked to my counterpart at the University of Texas, while all the right things have been communicated to me, it's concerning that in the last couple of weeks, I've heard from individuals in Dallas and in Fort Worth and in Midland that there's different things being said from those folks representing the University of Texas that a scheduling alliance against Texas Tech is not going to happen. Chris Del Conte said Wednesday he believes the Longhorns playing other Texas schools is important, but he's not in a position to schedule future non-conference games until he knows how many conference games he'll have to play in the SEC. Del Conte said, quote, I wouldn't say it was anything more than the idea of playing each other. That's all way premature to me. The issues were really just about playing Texas schools is the way I looked at it. And Texas Tech is part of that. I mean, I get it. So. 
the officials over there, they were a little upset about this from they from way back in the day. They they thought, oh, Texas is gonna continue this it, rivalry. Man. And now they're they're now they're trying to drudge up a rivalry. They're trying to make one out of nothing and essentially maybe incentivize fan bases and everybody. They went to Greg, they went to Governor Abbott with this thing. Oh, I know. They went to Governor Abbott to get him to advocate on their behalf. Because Texas and A&M are going to be in the same conference now, and Tech is the the odd person out, odd school out, as far as the state schools. Uh, Oh, so Tech's upset they got ghosted. They They got ghosted. Yes. They're not getting the call back. Well, I think they're upset about the miscommunication because her coca is saying, and Tech officials are saying, CDC said, hey, it's going to happen, baby. I got it. You know, I, I got I, you. I got you. All right. Don't even worry about and it. Now he and then, him. And now he's ghosting him. And then CDC saying, whoa, 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 it didn't go like that. I said, I think it's cool to play Texas schools. And there was a miscommunication. I just said, Tech, you're a part of that. So it was almost like miscommunication. Or if like, uh, if, if, if I told a girl, I think I could one day fall in love with you. And then she takes that to mean I love her. Then that was a miscommunication. <laughs> but I didn't say I love you. I just said and I now think. you're not picking up the phone. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, then I had to ghost her. Yeah. Now <laughs> she's like, calling and you're not answering. <laughs> won't respond to her text. Yeah. So that's kind of happened with tech in Texas, too. So that's love something that. else you throw in there. The plot thickens. Oh, man. Those so-called blue bloods. Last time Texas Tech played in Austin. Texas scored 70 points. 70. Now, last time they played in Lubbock, Texas Tech won. They went for it on fourth down like 100 times. And Six of eight. Won, won the game. All right, we're going to get more into that conversation in the 6 o'clock hour. But we got to take a break. We're going to come back and get some of your text. The big fat poll of the day, which Longhorn legend would you like to see a docuseries on, a, a, a la Jerry Jones or Swamp Kings or the – Johnny Manziel, Doc. What? Who would you want to see a documentary on? Send that in. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex. The Horn, 1019 AM 1260, hornfm.com, and the Horn app. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. Well, 512 Friday for you. This is Souls Extolled. They're having a big boat party tomorrow. You can get tickets. I believe it's an open bar on the boat. So it's like a barge, like one of those party barges. This sounds like a group that would play a party boat. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. So they (laughs) will go out there. So if you want to be a part of that, I think there's still tickets available. You can go check it out on their social media at Souls Extol. Now the links where you can go buy the tickets and then have a good time on the lake enjoying some uh, music and drinks and friends. Uh, They do it every year. It's always a party. They always invite me out and I tell them I'm not. I'm not. That's not my party. I appreciate the invite, but not. You think I could pass as you if I just showed up? No, because I know them. No. Well, <laughs> I thought they were just like operating off the name, no. like Patrick Davis. You got to know that name. No, 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 no. I, I know who they are. Okay. Uh, so no, but it's one of those parties where you're like, there's a lot of young people there. And it's fun because young bands sometimes don't, they're just nice people. Yeah. And so they don't, they don't realize that they're one day going to be old. So they don't look at people like they're just like, yeah, you're a person. I'm a person. You're like, trust me, when you get, when you're 10 years older, then you're going to be like, yeah, I don't want to be around that. I don't, it seems like I'm going to be in a corner the whole time, just like, oh, it's hot. Yeah, I think y'all could turn it down. Guys, <laughs> it's hot out here. If you're, though, if you want to go have fun and you're not a curmudgeon like me, who is old. <laughs> like, I, was also, I was also considered too old for the party when I was like 22. Oh, they were no. already like, Patrick, you're, why are you being an old man? Oh, no. <laughs> and that was with people that were 10, 15 years older than me. That was when you, so that's when you started being a, what's the word you use? Curmudgeon. Can you define that for me? I mean, uh, it's someone who's curmudgeonly. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> I'm going to have to look up the exact definition of that. That's a great word, and I want to add it to my vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's just a picture of me. It's curmudgeon. <laughs> uh, we're on this text text line, we're asking you 512 337 3776. Uh, we are asking about uh, what Longhorn would you like to see get the docu-series treatment, especially the Netflix nice docu-series treatment that is coming out now. Yeah, not nothing the one bad happened to not you. Not the one where they're like going to go after Ricky Williams or Vince Young or something like that. No, right. just the good ones. Yeah. You know, just those. Somehow they made it look like Johnny was a victim for getting caught. 
Yeah. No, they also, they also somehow, he still has his Heisman, but Reggie Bush doesn't. That one's a little weird, yeah. Like where he had a documentary where he went on it and was like, yeah, I got paid the whole time. <laughs> and then they're like, Reggie Bush, you may have got some improper benefits. <laughs> There's a great thing on YouTube now, if you want to check it out from, uh, I believe, SB Nation, but uh, maybe it's a secret base, I think is what they're called now. But a thing about how the NCAA hates USC. Ooh, and Reggie Bush, and I, it's just an interesting thing. So you can check that out on YouTube. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll try. Maybe I'll post a link here on social media. You can follow me at it's Patrick Davis and Jacob at Jacob Standard. There you go. Uh, Chan had Chris Sims in the drama with Major at Q, uh, as QBs for UT. Yes, I like that. I that's a good one. If, if you you have to do, I think if you did Major and Chris Sims and kind of went through right. both of them and merge in, and then their careers afterwards, I think Majors had some news that wasn't that he may not want to have a docu series about. Oh, I think there was something that happened. Uh, documentary on Pole Assassin and the Monkey. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Look, we're all a fan. Jeff Banks is a really good coach, so let's be nice. <laughs> Guys, I want to keep Jeff Banks. I don't want him to go to another school. <laughs> I am I am team Pole Assassin and the Monkey. Okay. I am team. <laughs> Those kids shouldn't have been around there. Jeff Banks is a really good coach, you guys. Let's. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would like to see Vince Young. It would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think Vince Young would be an interesting one to kind of now that he's a little bit more mature to kind of get his takes on some of the things. Yeah, sure. And go through those again and have people now that can talk about like what those what those what it was like and winning the national championship and what how great it was on Texas for that period. Right. <laughs> I think Ataku on Casey stuttered. Ooh. You know what? You know what? I'm in on that. You know what? As someone who who's met Casey, I, that may be a fun one, too. Uh, we're going to keep reading your text. We're going to get into the discussion uh, with your text as well of the conversation they had on Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie this morning of what is the most important Longhorn game this season after the comments from Ray Yormark and Texas Tech, and then you got Alabama Week 2. What game is the most important? So tell us which game is the most important to you on the Specs text line as well, as well as these docuseries. Uh, someone said Ramonte Taylor. He, he played like... He didn't play that much. He wasn't, yeah. I liked it. I mean, he could have been good, but that, was, that, in means, the, that maybe, was in the Bookham Horns era. Maybe that means his off the field is way more interesting, though. Well, I mean, he did go to jail. I mean, see? So now we got a storyline. Now we're building conflict. <laughs> we need some characters. Conflict. We got to come back. <laughs> uh, we will get into some more conversation with your text, 512 337 3776, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, hornfm.com, and the Horn app.